Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients and their families because inefficiencies, overwork and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost effective, dignified and just for everyone involved. Podcast Nation, welcome back. We have an exceptional, exciting, frankly glorious episode today with Hamad Shabazi. I got a, a little bit of a man crush on this this young man. He's this, the the founder of Well Health, a company that helps leverage technology to improve patient care, to enhance the efficiency within a healthcare group, organization, clinic, etc. I had the absolute privilege to to give a talk with one of their companies, Circle Medical, a company that is providing primary care for so many patients in the States, virtually and in person. And I got to talk to them about prevention and the value of that in, in AI. And and when I got to meet these folks in Montreal, to me, I was, I was like, these guys are changing the boogie. And so I got to talk to, I got to talk to the top dog. I got to talk to this guy. And I, I honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed spending time with him as well. We talk, talked a little bit about biohacking and the value of taking care of yourself and, and why taking care of yourself allows you to be your best self and be the best person for your company or as a healthcare provider, the best healthcare provider that you can be and the impact that that can have. So I honestly... This was so much fun. I I really did enjoy this conversation because as you know, you heard me say this many times, prevention is a new prescription. Is This is what we need to be emphasizing. And any group that is leveraging that is in my good books as far as I'm concerned. Before jumping into it, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. First off, BetterHelp. This is the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way we get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up at betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare. That's betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare and get 10% off sign up fees or go to BetterHelp and use this promo code solving healthcare. Next, I want to tell you about elements. That's L M N T for real. The key to proper hydration isn't just water, it's water plus electrolytes. This balance is vital to avoid issues like muscle cramps, energy dips, often caused by dilution of electrolyte levels. So enter Element, an electrolyte drink mix that's tasty, convenient, and free from sugar and artificial additives. Co-created by my boy Rob Wolf and Lewis, an Element provides optimal ratios of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, ensuring not only health and performance benefits, but also a delightful, tasty experience like orange salt, citrus salt, and the new and delicious watermelon salt, my favorite. And for those that sign up, you get a free sample. And and to celebrate our partnership right now, we're we're offering a free sample pack on your first order. So you go, you simply have to go to drinkelement.com backslash quadcast. That's drinkelement.com backslash K-W-A-D-C-A-S-T. Last one I want to mention is our 28-day reboot course. A lot of people feel stuck 
lot of people not sure how to get out of this rut when it comes to their health and wellness. So we created a 28-day reboot course to just rejuvenate folks. We talk about our principles of nutrition, movement, stress management, and community. We give you a guide on a daily activity to be able to try and achieve those goals. So go to 28dayreboot.co. That's 28dayreboot.co. Qualcast Nation, we have Hamad Shabazi in the house. And I'm a bit hype on this one, folks. I'll tell you why. Because there's not too many folks I run into that are like-minded in terms of leveraging technology these days so that we can enhance patient care. And this man has a whole company, okay, dedicated to leveraging tech to enhance patient care. So, Hamad, welcome to the show, my friend. Guajo, it is a extreme pleasure to be here with you. Uh, uh, thank you for inspiring uh, our whole team at uh, our offsite a couple of weeks ago. It uh, people were super excited after hearing you speak, so it's 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 really an honor to be with you. All right, it was a, it was it was such a great experience talking to the folks in Montreal. But I I, I, I want to hear about the genesis of well health. Like what brought that into the fold and Maybe a, a bit about your background. Like, was that your first major company? How did how did this all come to be? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit of a tech generalist. I studied engineering at UBC, and then this was the second company that um, I was an operator for. But I've started other companies that really the whole idea has been how to leverage tech to, you know, positively disrupt and impact you know you know marketplaces and industries and and help them. Um, you know, you know, not only build value, but but also create societal value. You know, my my whole my whole way of thinking, and I've sort of tried to coin it in a phrase that I call the you know the impactpreneur as opposed to the entrepreneur, because I think entrepreneurs are so focused on just creating monetary value, um, and 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 I think for me the whole idea of creating real value, real sustainable value, comes from comes from chasing, you know, um, impact as opposed to chasing money. If you, if you chase impact, the byproduct will, of, 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 of impact will, will take care of itself in terms of value creation. And so, and so um, in my first company, I did that in, in FinTech. And the whole idea was to help low to moderate income people uh, be able to confidently pay their last minute pay, bill payments and energy, uh, you know, energy payments and phone payments and cable payments, but, but make, make these emergency last minute payments and know that those will go in and they will not have to pay these egregious, terrible fees to, to reconnect and whatnot. And we, we ended up saving, um, you know, consumers hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in late and emergency fee payments and, and PayPal bought the company um, after you know many many years of, of of ups and downs, eventually did it did quite well, and and then well is really the so, so it was like kind of the democratization of high quality real time payments and time sensitive payments, and then and then really well was was applying you know uh, the same the same concept to to healthcare. You know some people get a really great tech enabled experience that respects their time and some people don't here, even in Canada, where we're all supposed to essentially have the same experience. And so was there a way that we could democratize access by leveraging technology and make sure that our public healthcare ecosystem also, you know, um, is able to respect people's time and provide, and provide that access. So that was really the, the genesis of the company. 
and and it's very much a practitioner, like a healthcare provider focused com- company. Our view is that look, they're the heroes. They're the ones that are providing this care. Let's tech enable and empower and support them. So so really the 100,000 foot, you know, value statement is we tech enable providers. And 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 that's it. That's what we try to do every single day is to help help them uh and you know, not just not just, you know, pow- you know, run their practice but uh but 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 you know, help help them with the best tools that, that enable them to deliver patient outcomes, uh, the best patient outcomes possible. Man, number one, I got a soft spot for what's the name of the first company again? To Networks. To Networks. That, that story to me means a world. Like coming from immigrant parents and seeing like like where I was raised, there was a lot of people that were living check to check, and knowing that a company could help. Say navigate them through a tough time, I think is something absolutely special. And then the second thing that I, I I can't help to reflect on is the idea of being an impactful, impactpreneur, sorry. I, I really, I don't know, that really hits me. Because if you look at, yes, money's nice. Everyone, you know, I mean, like everyone's after it. But when you look at fulfillment, when you look at having a looking at a life that that at the end of your your days you you want to you want to have impact that's what we're here for and putting that lens putting that as a number one focus i think it's just a good reminder for folks that this is what it's all about that like i mean a lot of us that are in healthcare that was the driver there's a lot of easier ways to make money yeah. in my opinion but yeah like this is thank what you what you're saying is is just hidden home. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. You look up the definition of entrepreneur in, in the dictionary and it doesn't talk about, you know, creating lasting value and, and, and I don't, you don't have to save lives, but you got to do something valuable that, that, that helps in some way, you know, and, and it's, it's more about taking some kind of commercial risk to make money. And, but every successful entrepreneur that I know actually drove some impactful value, like actually improved a widget or did something that, that actually improved a product. And, 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 you know, all these collective improvements are what propel our, our, our society forward. Right. And so I was like, gosh, you know, um, we all interpret this word, world, dif- this word differently, but what if there was a world word that actually, brought the word impact and entrepreneurship together in this impact concept. So I, I, I believe in that greatly. And I've tried to, I tried to get involved in businesses where I can make an impact, you know, and, and, and so I want to chase impact, not money. <laughs> I love it. Hamid, like, give me a sense of some of the ways well is leveraging technology and, and, and making that impact for healthcare providers. So a lot of it is is moving them off, you know, analog tools to digital tools. So, you know, we probably all have the image of walking to a doctor's office and seeing the wall of folders behind some kind of attendant that's that's receiving you in the reception desk. And so, you know, most clinics now have a combination of that wall of folders and some kind of digital folder systems, which most people refer to as their EHR or their EMR or practice management system. So 
practice management is one of the things that we do. We have digital systems, but then we also have a series of applications that plug into the practice management system. So we have the, you know, the country in here in Canada, the country's only app marketplace for integrated EMR apps. So apps that make your practice management system more capable. This could be integrations with, you know, BI dashboards for doctors to make them smarter. It could be, you know, um, systems that watch their data and, and, and report back to the government, not on an anonymized basis. If there's flus, and 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 an evolving flu crisis occurring. It could be um, waiting room automation uh, to to manage the influx of people coming into their waiting room. It could be online patient booking. It could be digital intake systems that provide workflow to make those those clinics op- operate better, so that they can actually deliver on the promise to see you at two p.m. on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? As opposed to making you wait an hour or two hours. Sadly, here in Canada. What we've seen is because of a lot of the weight that people endure when they go to uh, an appointment in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a public location, they'll actually, for, for, for public care, they actually won't go even when they have pain. And that's the worst thing you can do is, is not seek medical attention when you have, you know, pain's a teacher, pain's a notification system. It's, it's telling us to go see a medical professional. And if we're if we're like, no, 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 it's good. I can, I can, I can take this for another few weeks because I don't have time to give half my day. You know, that's problematic, right? So all these things that, that allow a clinic to deliver on that promise um, and, and, and better manage their business and, and effectively, because we, we can't forget that, that, that healthcare clinics are independent businesses. The, the biggest misconception about our healthcare system is that it's all government owned. In fact, 99.9% of all outpatient medical clinics are are owned and operated privately but are funded publicly. So when you come in and see your doctor, over 90% of those claims are paid for by the government, but someone is someone that's not the government is paying for, you know, um, the 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 leasehold improvements, you know, paying the rent. You know, these are not this is doctors, their friends, their investors, you know, these are the types of you know, so 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 it's 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 so these are have to be sustainable economic business models. I I gotta really echo this point and how valuable it is to be able to see your patients on time, to have an an efficient system. Cause if you this is one of the topics that came up in the in the talk. Um, it was like the amount of paperwork, the amount of 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 like administrative tasks that are downloaded on clinicians now is is a lot, and 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 anything that can kind of automate that or offload that for clinicians is huge. And that that point you made about staying on time and 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 a lot of people having it being deterred to seeing their family doctor or their, whoever their healthcare provider because of the weights. I got to say, like I saw an extreme version of that during the pandemic when people were too afraid to see medical attention and they were too late to be treated for their heart attack, too late to be treated for their stroke, got things, got some of their limbs amputated because they waited so long. And many people died because of that lack of access or, or lack of getting attention. So all these tweaks to efficiency mitigate that risk of, of, of people not being seen. And the other thing that I, I really appreciate too is 
because you're more efficient, this allows you actually to see more patients. So this is, to me, where the, the, the future of healthcare has to go. Absolutely. Well, we talk about this crisis in healthcare in Canada, right? Like you, you hear that a lot. A lot of that comes down to an absence of 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 being able of, of doctors. Not they're they're not they're not present, meaning that there's not enough of them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the lack of supply, especially in, in primary care, and 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 so if we could give some of their time back, that's huge, right? Because then. Uh, they can see more patients, exactly the point that you just made. And so that's a really big part of our raison d'etre. It's, it's how do we allow uh, family physicians and you know all, all providers, but, but especially primary care physicians, to be able to focus on the care and not running a business. Because in Canada, because the vast majority of our, of our outpatient clinic ecosystem is small businesses that are run by doctors. So they are you know, in this framework where they are providing care and running a business, and that's really, really tough. So what tools can we give them that allow them to do that more efficiently? Or can can we also, can, can we then, uh, you know, offer other types of business models? So for example, well, doesn't just provide those tools, our, our company, it also has a fully managed experience where if you don't want to run your business anymore as, as, as a healthcare provider yourself, you can actually join one of our um, staffed fully managed centers, virtual or, or physical clinics, and basically all our tools and staff wrap around you and you can focus on the care. So think about it as a we work for doctors. You show up and you are focusing on the care. Um, and 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 what we're we're finding success with both of those. But increasingly, especially as millennials and Gen Zs come into the into the healthcare practice, they they don't want to run businesses anymore. They don't want that responsibility it's becoming even tougher too as compared to, to the past because there's data protection, there's different hybrid workflows for on and offline, you know, kind of treatment and care. So it's becoming even more and more complicated to, 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 to run your business, uh, you know, the same way that, that, that you, maybe your, your father or grandfather ran it as a doctor. A hundred percent. And to reinforce some of that, we, we also don't get training in running a business. So like you're often running on the seat of your pants. Like I've, I've never had to deal with an outpatient clinic just to the nature of my job, but I certainly have colleagues that tons of colleagues that have, have had to navigate this system. And yeah, there's growing pains. There's money lost because of lack of, of, of efficiencies of, of learning as you go. And you know, your time is money. So the idea is, especially I'm thinking about the, our new grads, the idea of having like a turnkey, like walking into a system where, where, where a company is taking care of all of the nitty gritty and you just see patients. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, just that be your focus and get a paycheck at the end of the day. I think that's, that would be appealing to many a folk. And and I think you mentioned this, but you find there's a significant amount of of your clients that are, are pushing towards that model. Is that fair to say? Yeah, increasingly we're seeing it. So so today, well, our company provides these tools uh, on an a la carte, you know, SaaS basis, you know, and over a quarter of the entire country's providers use our tools in some way, shape or form. And, and so what we're seeing is uh, increasingly they want to 
um, not run a business and, 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 and they're seeking us out because they know us now because they use our tools, because they also know that we have the fully managed, you know, care, care model. And, and, you know, we now have over 3000 providers between the U S and Canada that work in a well patient deliver, you know, you know, patient services business in a care delivery business. And, and we, we see much more movement from, you know, people running their own business into, uh, in, in, into the fully managed model than from the fully managed model the other way. Like it's, it's almost one way, <laughs> you know, like the flow is almost one way and, and it makes sense. It's just with, with, with more and more technology coming into the marketplace, it's becoming increasingly difficult for a small clinic to be able to embrace and deliver on all that tech. Yeah, no, fair enough. So what are the topics that I think we would be remiss to to not focus on is how you leverage AI in, in this, how we use generative AI to enhance the, 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 the care delivery. And I mean, depending on how you see it too, in my opinion, there's also, it can enhance the, the patient experience too, but where, where do you see AI leveraging AI in the future or already in terms of, well, if you guys are already using some of the, this tech to enhance care. Yeah, no, thanks for asking. We're really passionate about this. And listen, AI um, we've seen is, is, is really just kind of like magic generative AI, like chat GPT, but, but it's a little bit scary too. Right. So, so the application of this has to be safe and secure um, and really thoughtful, especially in healthcare. We've already brought a product to market that is helping providers. It's early days, but, we're seeing really good um, take up of the service. What it is is an ambient AI scribe, so it's called uh, Well uh, AI Voice. And what it does is it's uh, with patient and provider consent. It's listening to a conversation between patient and provider, and instead of just transcribing it in a big long transcription, it is then now generating a medically relevant note that is that is. You know, structured appropriately for the patient's chart. This is saving a ton of time for medical professionals, and medical professionals love it. Like they love it, and it's changed the what we're hearing from them is that it is that it's actually changing the whole ergonomics of 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 the visit. So instead of the doctor having uh, their their head and 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 energy in the laptop taking notes and furiously typing, and once in a while looking back at the patient, they're now facing the patient. They're now observing the patient. They're now doing the thing that the patient needs the most, and that is being present for the patient and being you know. And, and I think increasingly as technology evolves, you know, the, the the physician, the provider is really there as 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 the guide to wellness, is there as the Sherpa, is there to 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 sanity check all the different information that all the systems and computers and putting that in perspective for you and putting their arm on your shoulder and telling you it's gonna be okay. And 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 this is this is a game changer. Like we're seeing um, tremendous interest and in, and in, in success so far with this product. I don't know if that resonates with you as a care provider. Oh my God. It was actually one of the, the topics I brought up on, in the talk was imagine if or when, I, I think I was saying imagine when you get to continuously look at a patient in the eye. You can hold their hand. You could you could be that connector. You could be that the, the person that they're looking for, essentially. 
that healer. Yeah. And you get to be way more efficient on your time because it's, it's, it, you're not having to focus on, or oh, did I, you know, am I going to capture all this? Uh, like it is to me a game changer. And the other area um, where I think we could leverage this is not just for the physician, but the nurses. Like this is one of the initiatives I want to see in our ICU actually, because for a nurse to take care of ICU patients, obviously the, depending on the level of sickness, there's a lot that could be going on, but a significant part of their job is charting. So if you can offload that charting aspect, they come into a room, you you use a well AI voice, and you, they're saying, okay, the patient's neurologically intact, the blood pressure is this, their, their skin looks like this, and, and all of a sudden they have their, their note done and ready to go. Now they can see a second patient, they can assist with another person, they can go for transport. Like this is, to me, like uh, I'm a big 80-20 guy, but this, this out of all the AI ideas to me is one of the most 80-20 enhancing productivity. There's so much that gets added by having this this freedom. It, I, I agree. And, and what's really remarkable about it is that you don't have to tell it who's speaking. And it will it will also cut out stuff that's like more of the small talk unless unless, you know, it, it, it you know, like you know, the weather, you know, how are the kids, stuff like that. And it will serve it up to the care provider to make any edits. Uh, because it could it it could have you know underemphasized or overemphasized something that the that the, 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 the provider wants to emphasize differently. So the the provider's still in charge and control, but it 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 dramatically like ninety five percent of the time prescribing is now reduced and 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 given back to the provider. So the provider, and you know you know you know this better than I do. Um, you know providing care and then doing all that administrative work afterwards to support the care that you just provided, you know, makes it makes your job so much more difficult. And if if and, and you got into this probably because you wanted to be a care provider, not an administrator, <laughs> right? And and you're and 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 you're a healer. And so the, the ability to to again amplify care providers to give their time back. Also, you know, we're facing a lot of provider burnout um, and 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 fatigue and and you know and, and, and also in primary care, you don't really get paid for, um, you know, for scribe, you know, for, 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 for doing this charting work, you get paid to consult and see patients. You don't get, so, so it's, it's, it's tough, right? Like this can be a, a tough thing and doctors are up late at night scribing, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, based on all the notes that they took and, 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 and that's a little bit of pressure on them. So we're really, really excited about that. And we think what happens is this evolves into, a, a voice activated, um, you know, technology that basically the physician can speak to their practice management system, kind of like think about it as Alexa for doctors. So, 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 you know, being able to query and prosecute the database and say, you know, I'm about to give Quadjo here 50 milligrams of, of, you know, whatever drug, um, is, is there anything in his medical history that could interact with this drug, you know, and look, you would think, well, shouldn't a doctor know that? Well, have you seen some of these patient files? They're enormous. And people say, well, doctors make all these mistakes. 
it's not really true or practical to say that. It's just not practical for doctors to have the time or energy to be able to go through that. And this is where technology, I think, can be the equalizer um, to help doctors make better decisions. And this is this whole vast area that we're getting into in terms of clinical decision support, which I think is going to be quite revolutionary. You you bring up a great point about even leveraging the decision support too, because I got to say, like one of my favorite topics of discussion, I don't get it into it in the show very much, but it is decision making actually, because I find it fascinating that a clinician, judge, whatever, could their decisions could be altered. Same problem, same presentation, but if there's some recency bias, like you got burnt recently, if you haven't eaten, if you're poor, yeah, you had poor sleep, if you know, uh, you're, you're impatient because for whatever reason, whoever, whatever nurse or practitioner is talking to you, you just want to move on. Your decision could be altered. So I'm always about, I'm, I like to be, I like to pride myself on trying to be as objective as possible, always when it comes to patient care. And what an, an amazing tool it could be to have that level of technology saying, okay, yeah, I'm worried about this drug interaction or even there's, there's queries that you can make is when, when patients have presented similar in, in similar fashion in the past, what has been the outcome? What has worked well? Like having that added information and that tech for sure will be there. Like, like when I look at our EMR, we use Epic. There's, I forget the name of the uh, database, but you could leverage all Epic sites, which is a mm-hmm. lot of places in the U.S. and Canada, the, all the de-identified data to be able to answer some of these questions. But to me, this is a future for sure, At, like the the decision support. So I, I think you're, I mean, clearly you're on to something here. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, look, the, the, the truth is, it's it's an enormous amount to ask from a provider to be um, up to speed on all this in, information, and and so this is this is where technology can be so so helpful, um, so that providers have much better information to go on when they're making decisions, and um, and and so that's that's exciting, right? That's exciting mm-hmm. to be able to provide more confidence. Uh, to patients and providers, especially patients, uh, because providers are going to get, you know, better access to tools and, 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 you know, uh, especially with patients with long histories, you know, I think that's, that's, uh, that, that's especially exciting. And, and just the technology's ability to crunch through information, to, 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 to summarize it now, to be able to, um, you know, you know, bring that back to, uh, a healthcare provider as something to to review and think about, um, and, and and this comes also back to you know AI and data. I mean, there's so much data generated, and and I think we've always been like, well, this has got to be valuable, right? But up until now, it really hasn't been. Um, in in some cases, it has been, but uh, but but now you start to have anomaly detection, right? Like the ability if a provider um, consents to their their data being scanned, um, you know, you know, there's there's now apps and capabilities to go through and 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 identify rare disease detection and say, hey, 
you know, it, these are needle in a haystack cases that have, you know, clear pharmaceutical interventions that can address them. But it's very hard for a provider to know if it's a rare disease. Imagine if a machine looks at the data and says, here's just, you know, five candidates amongst your thousands of patients here that have this candidacy, potential candidacy for this rare disease. Look at it. See, see. And it's and and that could be game changing, right? So that's something that, for example, we've activated in our app marketplace. Providers are starting to use that, and we're starting to save lives. I mean, this stuff is happening. It's happening on a small scale, but it's happening. That's oh, exciting. Oh man, and it's just what's exciting too is just the beginning, and it's, uh, the tech is already insane, right? Like it's a lot yeah. of this is only going to get better, and um, yeah, I, I I just feel like. This is this is wild, and the other part of of that I think we need to all think about. You kind of alluded to it when it came to the needle in the haystack stuff. That added data, in my opinion, could be used to add a more personalized approach to to our health plan. Like when we have plans and therapies for patients, like I think that level of 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 data can allow us to be a lot more precise. Like, you know, say you and I both have high blood pressure. What is it about your makeup? What is it about your data that's going to tell me that you're going to react better to drug A versus drug B? Like, Because when we yeah. do those studies right now, it's like at a general level, drug A is probably better than drug B. But for all we know, because of your genetic makeup, what, because of your background, because of some of your uh, demographics, maybe B would be make more sense. So I, I, I think this is where the data can also help because when you're more precise, you have better therapy, you get better results, less side effects, you're more functional. Like you're just a better, you're, you just have better outcomes. So I, I really like this idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's exciting. I think I call it, I call it a golden decade ahead of us where now um, the tools are going to get a lot better for, for many years, even though technology was getting better and, and other sectors um, and other service areas of, 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 of you know, our, our lives were, were, were sort of using technology and, 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 you know, like e-commerce, for example, healthcare was not making a lot of, of progress from a, from a, you know, patient experience, customer experience perspective. And I think if there is a silver lining to the pandemic, one of them could be that that providers are much more interested in technology because they were forced to adopt technology. So we went from like 0.25% penetration in virtual care to 80% at peak pandemic because of virtual uh, care requirements for, for physical distancing. And that that got, you know, providers a lot more interested in anything tech-based. And I can tell you as a, as a guy that was serving this marketplace before the pandemic, it was hard to get providers interested in this, not because they're in, they're not interested in, in progress. They're just busy. Providers are some of the busiest darn people in the world. Like, and, and cause they, they make money by seeing patients and by, you know, it's, it's mostly fee for service. It's mostly about, you know, and 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 I don't not sure they really think about the money as much as they think about all the care that needs to happen. So it's um yeah, it's 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 really great that now you know there's so much more openness. And of course, you know, demographics and, and, and the generational change, you know, you know, factors into it too. We've got far more, you know, younger people coming in and, and the older people are kind of, you know, retiring and, and, and so forth. So so more and more people will be interested in this with time. Absolutely. 
I I wanted to to chat a little bit about how you, a lot of this is impacting your your own health because we had a brief conversation in, in Montreal, and I don't know how we got into the biohacking aspect of things, but when I heard about some of the approaches you have to your own health, it really got me excited because I I love this stuff. I really do love this stuff. So I'm just curious how you st- what made you enter that level of 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 biohacking like how did, how did you get to that place you know it's a great question thanks for asking i i i loved the and i enjoyed the conversation with you as well and and look i think um i you know i think it's 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 a lot of your cultivating you know personal resilience right and i think you know a lot of people talk about different aspects of their life. And, and it, a lot of people talk about, you know, you know, uh, lifetime, you know, and you know, how, how many years do you think you're going to get? And, and I think we're now, now increasingly thinking about health span um, and, and, and the quality of life that we'll have. And, um, and I think, you know, so much of that is about just, you know, practicing preventative health. And, and so we all have a personal responsibility to practice preventative health. And I think, you know, as, as a, as a tech guy, as a guy who consumes data, you know, when I see data that says like, if I increase the number of steps per day from 2,500 to 5,000, this is what happens to your mortality rate. And if I increase my number of steps from 5,000 to 10,000, this is what happens to my mortality rate. And I'm like, my God, like that's clear data. And so, and so my personal goal every day is 20,000 steps a day. And you may think, well, how the heck can you run a company by, you know, walking 20,000 steps a day? And so, um, I make some sacrifices in terms of um, in terms of you know less TV time and less less talking on the phone time in my office and more talking on the phone time for business purposes while I walk uh, outside and and I also I also you know it's also like how do we all cultivate mental health and mental resilience to me what I find and and the med- the practice of meditation is about quieting the mind for example. Well, when you when you walk and when you do something physical, it allows you to get out of your mind and into your body. So I think I think you know we all have you know we all have to to, to recognize that one of the best ways that we can help the world is by helping ourselves because we interact with the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so and so um, you know I'm I'm trying to find ways to make sure that I'm the best version of myself, and 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 that also means taking care of myself. And so. Um, and, 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 and I'm at my best when I feel my best. And, and, and I think a lot about this decision of how I feel before, um, and after a decision. So I'll be at a restaurant and I'll tell myself, make a good decision, Hobbit, make a good decision. I'll have this little voice in my head and, and well, you know, you look at all these wonderful things on the menu and you're like, that'll feel good. That'll, oh, that's amazing. That's good. But then I think to myself, think about how you'll feel after and, and how you feel like a lot of the things that you dread before, um, you feel really good after. And some of the things that you're excited about before, after you feel horrible, right? So this before and after thing, like you're, you're going to get, you're so excited. You're going to see some friends. Maybe you're going to have some drinks that, that's a, that's a, that before feeling's great. The after feeling's horrible, right? So I'm increasingly trying to tune my brain and, and think about things of how I feel after. Um, and that could even be a conversation. Like I'm going to have a tough conversation with that someone and how do I approach this? How am I going to, it may feel really good to, to get this thing off my chest and be really angry and get it out. But how am I going to feel after? 
you know, am I going to, am I going to have regrets about, about the way that I, that I had this conversation? So I think, I think, I think just, just, just being conscious and, 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 um, and it's tough, it's tough to be conscious because we're also inundated and we're thinking, you know, 60,000 thoughts a day, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. So, so to me, it's, it's this kind of personal responsibility to, to live the healthiest, you know, integrated life possible. I really love this point because we we started a wellness pl- platform for healthcare providers during the pandemic because of this. Like we we saw a ton of burnout and and the central theme was you need to be able to take care of yourself. Like for you to take care of yourself, you need to be sound in mind and spirit and, and physically feeling well. And so this because a lot of healthcare providers they're they're, they're altruistic. They want to not sacrifice their own wellness. And when you think about how you move, how you eat, how you reduce your stress, connecting with others, these this is a ticket to being able to be your best self. And for, for someone like you, you're an impactologist, impactor-to-nurse, sorry, I know I'm messing that up. But you, if you're not getting your sleep, you're not getting your steps, like that innovative idea might have just slipped out, just might have slipped, you know, and 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 we all like when you think about a company like this the the amount of people that, that the innovation can impact is tremendous and it's ongoing and same with us that uh, we, we do it more at a one to one level but yeah that message though of needing to be our best self I, I i just i can't reinforce that enough and and i'm curious just once again just get get maybe a little bit of bro speak here but but what what other kind of hacks do you do you like to implement in your life? Because I'm I'm all about the ten thousand steps. I'm all about the the walking meeting. I try and do as le- the least amount of video calls as possible. Because yeah, standing being in front of the screens all day like it's killer. And I use a standing desk. That's another one of my favorite hacks. So I'm curious to hear some of your other uh, other gems. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I'm sure we've all heard about the benefits of cold and, and, and heat exposure once in a while. I think that's that's good stuff. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've been paying a lot more attention to like different forms of fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber and making sure that, you know, I'm getting good doses of both of those. Um, you know, I a lot of what I'm focused on a lot, you know, after after reading and researching is just the, the, the real corrosive effect of blood of uh, a, a blood sugar um, mismanagement, you know, you don't have to be, a, you know, um, uh, you know, someone with, with type, type A, uh, type one diabetes to, 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 to be focused on this. I think we all can basically by having too much sweets and, and too much sugar basically exhibit, you know, uh, pre diabetes behavior, which is, which is basically a major precursor for, for obesity. So, there's so many simple things that you can do that that can elevate how um, how how you can you can sort of limit the corrosive effect of of of, of poor blood sugar. So, for example, having apple cider vinegar uh, with a, with a little bit of water before a meal, uh, taking berberine, a natural supplement, you know, can 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 you know can do this. You know, even changing the order in which you eat your food instead of starting the the carbs first, start with start with the fiber first go to the proteins, then the fats, then the carbs. Just that simple hack can change the way that your body's uh, uh, blood sugar, um, you know, gets, you know, kind of gets impacted and how your body sort of 
sort of um, interprets and and receives those those ingredients. So it's 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 a lot of stuff like that that I wish I knew decades ago. Uh, but you know, I'm trying to learn. And 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 the other thing is, you know, that the, the Chinese say a hundred steps after dinner. Um, this whole idea of just just moving after dinner, going for a walk, also reduces your blood sugar. We didn't know that. You know, like resistance training for men as you get older is critical because we need we need more protein. I didn't know how much more protein that I need just to maintain my 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 muscle mass. So it, it, it's just stuff like that, and and just realizing that. The supermarket is your pharmacy. It's the key, right? It's like you got all the ingredients there, the incredible nutrient-dense food. It's like you're making those decisions every single day that and the cumulative sum total of those decisions will 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 determine your health span. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the key, right? I, I I could not agree more and I just I I know this is ridiculous, but the amount of overlap with this stuff we're doing. I I don't spend so my my hack with the food, with the with dinner or, or with my meals is that if it is a carb centric meal that I'll just put a lot of protein. Like always think to myself, double the protein. Uh, but it's true if you could think of the sequence, uh, it could be a significant impact. And the walking off a meal, there is science behind that. The studies behind that, it is legit. Like the thermal impact of of of, of uh, increasing the thermal impact of, of, uh, for digestion. Um, yeah, reducing that blood sugar. And I saw similar effects when I had my continuous glucose monitor on doubling the, the protein. Other, the other one I don't think people talk about is your state of mind when you eat. Hmm. I'm convinced. I don't, I haven't seen as much data on it, but I, I'm convinced it's going to come out, especially as AI, um, comes about that. Cause I notice it with myself. Like if I'm not in the best state, I find that that food that I ate is not, agreeing with me as well as it would if I was in a better state. Mm. So I try to not eat if I'm not in a great state. I try to, again, get out of my head, in my body, do something physical and get into a better state. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just, just, just how we feel, you know, in our hearts can impact what's going on in our stomach. Mm. And you think, well, how's that even possible? Well, it's because it's all connected. Yeah. (laughs) No, we had this conversation before we started. I, it, that was an eye opener for me—the mind-body connection. I, I am fully engaged in that. Like the way we, our mental health, our physical—it's all connected. I've seen too many people with, with these random symptoms, but they're not doing well mentally. Like I, I, I I'm there. But uh, Hamid, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this. For, it, it was really enjoyable conversating about how well well is doing and the innovation that's coming through where it's coming from too this is where i think where i saw that right out of the gate like where you are trying to make an impact and you see the value of the impact and i know you guys are going to do continue to do some great things it was such an honor to connect in montreal and I really hope this is going to be somehow a future relationship. We've got to connect some 100%. of this technology in, in our ICU. I'm, I'm, I've already got 19 ideas already. But before I, before I let you go, how do people connect with you guys? How do we know learn more about Well? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, the website address is just www.well.company, not .com, but .company. Um, and then you can see us on Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram. So we have all the different so- socials. But um, yeah, we we go to our website and there's a bunch of information there. Um, you should probably be able to find. You can even just Google Well Health Technologies or Well Clinics in your area. You may have clinics in your area. So yeah, thank you for asking. We uh, we hope that we can be of service. Uh, uh, to anyone and, 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 you know, uh, and that's really, that's really the goal is, is the, the, the goal is, is to, is to drive societal value. If you go to esg.well.company, we actually have a really, really phenomenal environmental, um, social, uh, governments program that's, it's not some big complicated document that, you know, it, it's for us, ours is really simple to me. That's, uh, how does your, an ESG program is how does your, your company make the world a better place? So we've identified that and, and, um, and I'm really proud of it. So, so yeah, if you're, if you get a chance, visit some of those uh, resources and uh, let us know how we can work together. Thank you so much, brother. This was great. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and, uh, and look forward to talking to you soon. Quajo. All right, Quadcast, that was freaking awesome. So awesome. If you enjoyed that, please leave us any comments at quadcast99.gmail.com. Leave a five-star rating. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, at Quadcast. Jump on our newsletter. Jump on our community at quadcast.subject.com. All things healthcare solutions all on one site. Y'all gonna love it. All right, people. I hope you're feeling a little bit more jump in your step after that episode. Thanks for listening. Talk real soon. Peace.